Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at BetBright. Uh, delighted to say uh, Nick Luck is with us again. This time he's in Kentucky. Nick, how are you? I'm very well. Um, my body doesn't know what time it is, but <laughs> apart from that, all good. Yeah, and depending on what time people are listening to us, the same might apply to the listeners. Devin Nolan is here, Damo. Oh, good, Dean. Good to have you with us. And uh, Don McLean, of course, is in the studios here at BetBright Towers. Don, good to have you back. Yeah, I, I knew... Dean, when you were talking about winning naps from last week, my horse, the horse I put up finished 30, 33rd of 33, so <laughs> you can't do any better than that. We might draw a line. <laughs> so, so you're, allowed to, you're allowed to draw a line through one. Um, yeah, uh, we won't we'll mention that. Mine was beaten as well. Maybe we'll just quickly mention that that finished fourth, having looked yeah pretty average. Um, so, but yeah, let's talk about um, what you've been up to, Nick. Of course, because the big weekend in the, in the states, and uh, now you're off in Kentucky uh, doing a few other bits. But I guess the the main talking point that Jockey Club Gold Cup Stakes, a couple of interesting yeah. rides on the front runners there, wasn't there? A little bit of criticism as well in tw- on Twitter about that. Well, it was a it was a fascinating race to watch, incredibly absorbing because they went so far. Diversify, who went into the race as one of the favourites for the Breeders' Cup Classic and probably the leading East Coast hope, I suppose, went off at a million miles an hour, and he was attended pretty sharply from the stalls by Mendelssohn and Ryan Moore, who then attempted to sit off him because he realised it was folly to get into a duel, but he still managed to have the effect of of shoving Diversify through incredibly strong fractions and as such it cost Diversify and pretty well cost Mendelssohn as well in the final analysis Mendelssohn ran an absolute screamer to finish third uh, Discreet Lover was a horse that not many people gave too much of a hope to but could always was always a type of horse that might win one of these if, if the pace really collapsed which it did and Thunder Snow who, who had a pretty good trip to be honest with you you could argue even he made his challenge too soon and he ran a he ran a mighty race in second, but there's no doubt for me that both Mendelssohn and Thundersnow enhanced their claims for the Breeders' Cup Classic. Diversify probably had a very hard race and didn't really enhance his. And I don't think the other side of the country that Accelerate did much good for his chances either, even though he won his fourth Grade One of the season, which is a remarkable achievement in top company at Santa Anita. It was a pretty ugly win to watch and, and West Coast to finish behind him. A lot of people were encouraged by his comeback run off a layoff, but I thought he should have done a bit more than that if he was anything like the horse we saw last winter. Nick, sorry, just wondering, well, as you were watching, like being being there live, as you were watching it live, were you thinking that they were going too fast or was that the general talk? And directly afterwards, was it, oh yeah, of course, the, the front two just, just went ridiculous fractions? Yeah, I think I think as soon as the, as soon as the sectional time started popping up on the screen, you knew that they were smoking. I mean, it looked like that to the eye, but the times told you they were they were going very very fast. I, I wonder. I, I haven't had a chance to to speak with Ryan more about about the race, and evidently he knew that when he broke and Diversify started going very fast in the mid part of the race, that he had to try and sit off him a little bit. Mm. But then he seems to be he seems to be making quite a, a premature move to go and attack him. And I just wonder whether he felt that if he wasn't keeping Mendelssohn up to his work, whether he was worried that Diversify would just clear away, hmm. and whether he felt that he really needed to keep Mendelssohn up to his work, or whether whether also they felt that Mendelssohn really needed a proper blowout, as this was his as this was his last run before the Breeders' Cup Classic, and they wanted him at peak fitness on the day. I don't know. I'd, I'd be fascinated to, to yeah. hear his thoughts on it. But, yeah. Um, and on, on the positive side, he, he broke well, didn't he? I mean, that's always a massive factor oh. in the in O'Brien horses going to the States. He, he, he flashed out of the stalls, didn't he? He broke superbly well, uh, maybe even better than, than they'd anticipated, mm. which may have you know, got him a, a position that's slightly more forward than, than they thought. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd be, I'd, I'd, I keep the faith that this is a horse that can take a, a big hand in the Classic if, if uh, the ground doesn't, or if the track doesn't come up sloppy at, at Churchill Downs I, I think he can I think he can take a big hand he, he's obviously still I know this is probably his last run at Churchill but he's still a mentally immature horse by the looks of it um, and he's uh, it, it, clearly a horse with a few idiosyncrasies as well so it'll be I think it'll be O'Brien's finest training achievement if he can pull this off mm. And he'd be having a go, Nick. I mean, you mentioned Accelerate just getting across the line really in the awesome again stakes. That's the three to one favourite for the Breeders' Cup Classic. So perhaps there yeah, is a bit of value in that market. Me, I, now. I, I mean, he's an admirable horse, Accelerate. He's really improved this year. He's strengthened up. He's done well physically. And he's posted some brilliant performances. But 
what he produced on Saturday was light years away from his 12 and a half length win in the Pacific Classic at Del Mar. And I, I really thought he, I mean, it was admirable because he missed the break, wasn't really traveling and still managed to win. But there was nothing pretty about it. Right. And it's not, 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 not a good enough performance to win a British Cup Classic. And uh, Toast of New York came back, Nick. Yeah, that was a good run. And it's worth, it's worth a mention on that race as well, the grade three at Churchill Downs. Uh, it, it was an excellent performance to finish second. He recorded a three, three-digit buyer figure of a hundred, off, off essentially one blowout run in the Pegasus and uh, no, one run in four years and a gelding operation, having covered some mares in between times. He's definitely the most bizarrely campaigned horse in in modern racing history, and and he still only had I think he's had fewer than a dozen runs in his life. It's quite remarkable. Yeah, it's uh, a big story. I just think I've been having a look at the revised rating. If every single horse that's currently pointing towards the Breeders' Cup Classic runs he might struggle to get a run. But my hunch is he'll scrape in if they want to run in. Um, I don't think that has run is quite good enough to, to suggest that he'd be a player. But if he improved off it, he wouldn't be a million miles away. And I certainly think the horse that beat him, mind your biscuit, is a horse that you have to take seriously now because we know that he's capable of running huge time figures and huge... Um, grade one performances at other distances but now he proves he can go around two turns and run a mile and well run the guts of a mile and a quarter anyway it's probably worth having a go okay thanks for that Nick and we might just actually stay with you for a quick look back at what happened at the weekend over here of course because your weekend that went in winning the Shadwell uh, Rockfell Stakes just wonderful uh, you retained the faith and uh, and she came good yeah, I, I, I'm I'm slightly ashamed to bask in the glory of us winning that, but everything else that I selected over the weekend then went south fairly quickly. But I'll happily take the credit for the for the moment, Dean. Yeah, I think she's a very good filly. Mm. Her dad was a very good filly. Um, I, I was a bit more impressed with her performance in the Rockwell than were some, I think. Right. And I think she might be one for for the Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile Phillies Turf. But it may well be that they'll have a look at the, the Phillies Mile in the in the interim, but you've got to throw Fairyland into the mix somewhere as well. But I would imagine that the Phillies Mile is the obvious target for Just Wonderful. Failing that, I think Breeders' Cup fast ground is suitor ideally. So she's a very, very good horse, I think. Yeah, very good, obviously. And Fairyland, you mentioned, Demo, you put that up in that Judmont Cheveley Park Stakes. Julia Blige, 6-1 to one decent prize for you as well with winning that. About time we put a few winners on this podcast, so well done. Um, and with that, maybe goes for the breeders and, and they're both of them actually top of the 1000 guineas market at 16 to 1 probably not going to be their race maybe demo we don't know yeah it's hard to know um fairyland to me didn't i know she probably will go a mile but if she was in another yard you'd say why would you you know she's just so good over six furlongs but between her and tom's and 10 sovereigns who we'll talk about later on then yeah. it'll be hard to map out a route for the two of them if they're both six furlong horses so I imagine Fairyland probably will go up but she was just she was fantastic uh, what I really like about her is how simple how honest she is how just you ask her she does it um, and it's funny again we all do it but the form of her beating the Mac and Bullet was so rode off because the Mac and Bullet was a 25 to 1 shot from Brian Ellison but that was a great purchase by the by the Yusuke family as well and yeah. the, the Mac and Bullet herself is now a proper group 1 horse as well and the just yeah it was a really good performance team. okay let's talk about the middle park um, Don I'll come to you on 10 sovereigns um, I thought it was I thought it was a taking performance because you just know that this horse I think can be better. It looks almost a little bit still I don't know if green's the right word, but a little bit unfurnished maybe ten sovereigns. Yeah, he, like he always looked like the likely winner, didn't he? Yeah, he, he just travelled so well. He's got that pace that we saw at the Curra on 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 his two previous runs, um, and when Josh kind of. Seemed, didn't seem to handle the dip that well and or maybe got a wee bit out of pace when they quickened or when 10 sovereigns quickened and then he stayed on really strongly I, I think they're two very very good colts I think Josh definitely enhanced his reputation as well yeah it was a step clear. up alright yeah mm. um, they pulled a lot although you know he, he only won by a half length in the end 10 sovereigns but he was he really was always going to win and he probably had that in hand and, and maybe a wee bit more but it was very interesting that Aidan and Dunica both of them afterwards were, were talking about six furlongs not really the, the guineas and especially Dunica he, you know, he was saying that the Commonwealth Cup could be the race for him and it's it's what we suspected beforehand and that's the way he's shaping up but look he might stretch out to to get it to get a mile and he he does he does relax through his races and that gives him a chance of getting a mile mm. but 
but you'd think that over six furlongs even next year as a three-year-old he could take all the beating and anything he runs in with Rumble in the Jungle running an okay race back in third albeit the front two have gone clear that gives that form a real nice look about it doesn't it because Rumble in the Jungle seemed to come back to something like it's shown earlier in the season yeah and, and, and the step up to six furlongs he, he coped with that well yeah sure look he's the Malcolm winner Murray's Diamond was fourth uh, he's the, the Anglesey winner Emiratiano was fifth he's the uh, Jim Crack winner so uh, you know as I said last fr- last Thursday Friday it's, it's a, a roll call it's a very very strong race uh, all the right races were represented and 10 sovereigns and Josh came clear of the, of the rest of them mm-hmm. Nick what did you think of 10 sovereigns does look quite a smart animal doesn't it to go to war with I thought he enhanced his reputation rather than putting a dent in it, yep. even though he was making work quite hard. As Don said, they pulled well clear. I think Jash is a, a very smart horse. You'd love to see Jash take a crack at the Dewhurst, but I suppose, rather like Quarto, a lot of these sets of connections want to go into the winter with with hope, don't they? They want the, they want the, the dream to still be alive. Yeah. And quite happy quite happy to wrap them up now and dream about the guineas which I, I can get in one way both Corto Corto's won a, a group one and, and Jash has finished second in the group one so you know they've, they've both done their group one running if you like but I think it's a shame that, that we won't see either of them in the g yeah agreed um, I wanted to actually touch on this well I mean you mentioned Quarto there Nick I saw a tweet on um, on the Twitter machine from Declan Ricks during the week talking about Quarto's rating now after what he's done so far this season which is uh, you know, he's, he's looked very good he's actually rated higher than Frankel would be at that same stage um, do you guys pay much attention to what the ratings tell you and, and the numbers that they do generate this early on in their careers because that to me just on memory seems a bit odd Overinflation is a big problem now, isn't it? <coughs> is that what it is? Is that we need to have someone break a record so people talk about it? Or, or why do they end up with such a big number? And how much attention do you pay to it, Don? Look, ratings are m- mostly subjective. Yeah. Uh, for me, they're they're very meritorious. They're compiled by the likes of Race and Post ratings or Time Form ratings or private ratings. They're, they're, they're very informative uh, I'll always pay attention to them because people spend a long time uh, be it subjectively or objectively analysing these, these ratings and coming up with them yeah. but at the end of the day they're only, they're only one measurement of, of, an, of a horse's ability um, for me they're, they're absolutely to be taken on, on, to, be, to, be, to be put into the mix but they're only one factor look time form they're the quintessential guide yeah. they're, they're, they're tried and trusted uh, over 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 time and I think they have I think time form have Quarto rated higher than 10 sovereigns and, and everything else don't they so I mean look it's significant but I think you know comparing the current day ratings with yes ratings of yesteryear or ratings of the past like with Frankel I'm not sure that that's a, that's an exercise through which much can be much can be well, cleaned yeah, um, Nick. Can I just chip in here, Dean? I, I, I think it's a bit foolish to um, criticise the rating for being nearly the equivalent of the rating that Frankel achieved at the end of his two-year-old career. Yeah. Because first off, yes, Frankel looked an exceptional horse at the end of his two-year-old career, but very few people could have foreseen exactly how exceptional he was going to become. Second, surely you could similarly retrospectively argue that Frankel's rating should have been higher, but that would be very wise after the event. Yeah. You cast your mind back to that winter between his two-year-old season and his three-year-old season, the winter of 2010-11, there was enormous debate as to why Dream Ahead, the subsequent July Cup winner and Middle Park winner, had been afforded the same rating as had Frankel at the end of their juvenile career. So, you know, to, 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 to drag Frankel's end of juvenile rating out and try and use it as some kind of comparison with Porto, and then to extrapolate from that that, that the handicap is trying to suggest that Quarto is of a, a a similar level of inherent merit to Frankel is is, is a nonsense I think okay. I think the handicap has done a good this race and I think Quarto is worth every pound of his racing I think it's fair to say then that the handicap of giving that rating is showing that in the eyes now looking at Quarto he's showing slightly more promise than maybe Frankel had done at that stage and that is possibly fair because we'll, we'll find out with time 
Yeah, I, I think it's, down to, it's, it's more down to achievement, isn't it? It's more down to what he's achieved yeah. so far on, based on the horses that he's beaten and based on form. And uh, yeah, look, as Nick says, going back to what Frankel had achieved as a two-year-old, he still, he still stepped up markedly, obviously, in what he achieved at two mm. later on in his life. But we had the same thing last year. I remember uh, there was people giving out on Twitter that uh, Mike Bite had a lower rating than Whisper. Mm. But at that current juncture, when the handicapper had looked at the two horses, Whisper had uh, finished second in the in the Hennessy mm. so you can't compare you know as in it is just an achievement based system it's not based on if it was all opinion sure it would be mental you know it's just based on what they do at that current moment okay thank you um, I want to talk about the Cambridgeshire um, we had a very very taking winner in it Don you mentioned last week that this could be the race of future champions um, we saw a very smart performance from Wissa Hickon didn't we mm. yeah it was very good he was he was very good very strong in the end it was a very he ran a very interesting race like he was he was under pressure from early and he was out the back he was more or less last himself and Salvador were at the back of the field on the far side or kind of middle to far side but God, he was strong in the finish, and he pulled clear in the manner of a very, very good horse. Like he's the the, the handicapper is given um, a, high, a ten pounds higher mark now than the mark with which he uh, yeah up to one one seven. I mean, it's a it's a proper hike. He'll have yeah. to take on some some really difficult assignments. Well, now that, from well now on. that but he he merits it. I mean, like, I think so. it's hard to argue that he didn't ju- at least merit a significant hike. You know, yeah. whether it's ten pounds or eight pounds or seven pounds or twelve pounds, that's that's down to the handicapper's own interpretation. But um, he did merit a significant hike. It's one of the most competitive handicaps on the calendar uh, and he's won it going away like, by, by three or four lengths so it was, a, it was a serious performance and he deserves now I mean his rating puts him into group race company but he deserves to take his chance in group race company and maybe even at group one level yeah could well be a group one horse demo are you impressed uh, he, just absolutely superb um, and just put to bed it, was, it just seemed it seems surreal and handicapped to have a horse just bound away like that and uh he could be anything, absolutely anything. Looked like he joined in at the, the furlong pole with you only watching the front end of that race, Nick, and a, a very taken performance by uh, by John Gosden's horse. It wasn't, it was interesting to hear the trainer out here. It was Frankie Dottori saying that he thought the horse might be flattered because they went off too fast, uh, and so he was able to make him look better than he was. And, and Gosden sort of saying the same thing, trying to play it down a little bit, saying he's no howling or pipe dreamer, but he clearly is very useful. You don't spread eagles like that unless you are. He evidently is a bit quirky, um, as we saw from his antics before the race. And he chucked in that absolute stinker, didn't he, earlier in the season on the July course when he was supposed to be a, an absolute certainty. Uh, he probably does need treating with kid gloves, riding with a cool head and a bit of intelligence, and then all that talent can come out. And John Gosden was sort of suggesting, given that he's, he's by Tappet, that you know, his future might end up in the States as well. So I don't know. I don't know what sort of European future they'll be for Wissa Hicken, but he clearly is a horse of significant ability. Yeah, he was very impressive. I think, Don, or, or Demo, you mentioned that the, him and Sabador came from the back. You can mark Sabador up a bit, maybe, for that run, can you, Demo? You can. It's just, uh, it's he's a tricky spend, horse to you win. You spend races. all your life marking that horse up. Um, <laughs> yeah, really but he's, yeah, Spencer gave him, I saw, again, you see people getting out of Spencer's ride after. Spencer gave that horse an absolute peach. You mm. know, Jamie Spencer is an outstanding jockey, and the uh, the riding of that horse was perfect. He tried to get the horse into the race, just couldn't catch the winner, so he kind of didn't go full throttle at the end. There is a race in that horse, but just every single thing needs to fall completely right for the horse to win the yeah, race. Yeah, it might be tricky to find it, of course, going yeah. to keep going to war in similar types of races yeah. where you're going to come up against the likes of these Wissa Hickons, who are very, very smart. I thought UAE Prince ran well back in fifth. That one's handicap mark is unchanged, but I'd be wary of that steaming into that if a, of a quick return. Yeah. Um, one, perhaps, if they give that a break to keep an eye on next time that runs. Um, anything else over the weekend or indeed anything else you want to pick out from that Cambridgeshire, um, you can fire on to that demo. Yeah, uh, nothing else from, from the Cambridgeshire but just on Saturday I saw there again Emmett Mullins trained a Phillies maiden winner 14 to 1 and I just thought the listeners would just as we are coming into the jump season he's a trainer that's just really is worth following I mean if you followed him since his his first uh, first horse that he sent out was St. Stephen's Green who won for him on debut that horse has gone on to do wonders since over fences hurdles whatever he's asked him to do and if you backed every single one of his runners to date that He's put out, you'd be up £20 for a £1 stake. He's got an 18% strike rate overall. It's 23% over jumps. And from a total number of 34 horses, he's got 13 of them to win, Dean. He's a terrific trainer. I'm just really surprised yet that Gigginstown and McManus haven't quite sent him a few horses yet. It has to be only 
a bit of time and just going into the jump season he's definitely a trainer to keep on side one to note alright Don anything else from the weekend you wanted to uh, to pick out yeah like the, the Cambridgeshire you could watch it ten times yeah and take things out. like on, just on just to reiterate what Jeremy was saying about Salvador and Jamie Spencer I thought he, it was a superb ride that he gave him. like he was drawn in stall three and there seemed to be a school of thought on the day that the centre was the place to be he didn't want to be on the far side and Spencer took him back took him near side like he, he's the o- he's the only horse drawn in single figures to finish in the first 15 or 16 mm. and he finished off his race well So and, and he finished off near side or kind of centre centre to near side which is um, exactly where Spencer wanted to be I would imagine I don't think it was just down to happenstance that he ended up there I think he wanted to be there and I think he probably achieved his best the best position that he could have achieved and I think in contrast to marking horses up who were in behind I think the horses that raced up with the pace should be marked up because they went a really fast pace Via Via was one of those he wasn't wasn't far off I thought he kept on really well to finish third Um, Raising Sandal I thought he he won the the race on the near side there were only eight or nine horses raced on the near side and Raising Sand came home in front of them over a mile and a furlong he'll probably be better back down at a mile or yeah. even seven furlongs and back at Ascot where he's at his best so he's really caught the eye as well the time before that I think in travelling really well in behind I think Spencer was on him that day as well so he's an interesting horse to keep in mind yeah exactly um, and yeah look there were a few others from the weekend I thought Blue de Vega ran well to finish fifth in the in the sprint at Haydock mm-hmm. breaking my heart uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, St. Patrick's Day ran well at, at, at Nace as well I think there's a race in him so look there was, there was plenty going on at the weekend okay decent weekends racing there recapped um, we will move on now on the Race Hour podcast, of course, brought to you with our friends at BetBright to have a look at three uh, key races in the UK on Saturday. Uh, we'll start with the rather difficult to solve, I might imagine, although you guys can tell me differently. Uh, the two-year-old trophy at Red Card, I guess the post at 2.45. Um, top of the market, likes of Kevin Ryan's Hallow Yumsane only had a couple of spins. There's a far more experienced type in the likes of Vintage Brute and Well Done Fox. A couple of interesting runners in here. Red Balloons impressed me as well for Richard Fahey. I don't know how you pick the bones out of these races they're not ones I like to get too involved in Nick I might go to you first on, on this two year old trophy yeah very much Dean I had a nasty feeling you would come to me first on this I, I, I don't have a, a very strong view on it I'm, but I have had a, I have had a, a decent look and if there, if there was one that I thought I, I might be interested in without knowing how they're going to be drawn and so on and so forth I would probably go with Swisteria. Uh, who I thought was a, a pretty good horse when I saw him win earlier in the season at Doncaster. I just liked his toughness and his resolution. I, I was expecting a little bit more from him when he stepped up to group company at York. He ran all right. Um, and then at the Aiken, that was. But uh, the winner of that race was pretty decent, and he wasn't beaten all that far. And then he came back and ran another sound race at Doncaster last time. I think I think he'd probably go quite well. Um, so if I was forced to bat one, it would probably be Swiss Series. Okay, Nick, thank you. Don, over to you for this two-year-old trophy. Um, the Aiken form and Swisteria's for Nick. I, I'll let you pick out which bit you like. Yeah, no, I'm glad you went to Nick first. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. <laughs> Nick, he only went to you first because it was having to do over here pointing to you. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, look, I mean, it's it's hard enough when you have decks and draw. We don't have decks or draw or, or jockey bookings yet finalised. Um, Correct. Look, um, I thought Well Done Fox ran very well against Soldier's Call the last time, but yeah. I'm not sure the step up to six is going to be the thing for him. Um, Hello Yumzain ran very well against San Donato, and they could reoppose uh, on two pounds more favourable terms in favour of uh, Hello Yumzain. Yeah. So um, that, that could point to him he was only a short head behind him sorry it might be more than two but it could be four pounds or even six pounds it's, it's, he's going to be on better terms anyway um, and that was only his second race so he could probably improve from that even though Santonato went on and won well at Kempton next time so there might not be too much between those again although I'd fancy Hello Yumes in to come out on top yep. and uh, Red Balloons is the other one like she, she, it looked like she improved significantly for stepping up and trip to six furlongs last time at York that was a very very good run um, she was in behind early on and she showed a serious turn of foot she was a 33 to 1 shot that day and sometimes when horses win races at that type of price people don't fully believe it but she was, she is and she was highly regarded before that coming into that race for all that she did disappoint in the big Weatherby Super Sprint at Newbury um, her form before that was very good at Nottingham um, she is highly regarded That I'd say the, the, the Newbury one run was probably 
the, the the blip as opposed to the York run last time being the you know the outlier. So okay, yeah, I think of of the of them as they stand at the moment, she's probably the one I'd be most interested in. Red balloons interests uh, Don uh, Demar. I know you love these types of races, <laughs> so uh, fire us something for the two. Yeah, look as as Don's or yeah as Don said. Sorry, it's it's uh, you know declarations and drawing this race is so important. I mean, ten will be. 10 of the last 16 winners were drawn 10 or above so that's nearly a tip in itself but the experience is so important This I, I, I loved Hello Yumzain on debut when last time as well that was a big run and the winner has backed that up since 13 of the last 16 winners though have had 4 or more runners I, I'm not a massive trends person but they have to come into the mix and for a race like this there's a reason why a horse needs 4 or more runs and it is just simply that experience begs the question for it and no needs ever was the one that I quite like in this uh, for Joseph O'Brien uh, obviously from the um, the brilliant sire no name ever who everyone is going on about this season for obvious reasons and yep. was good at Down Royal um, in winning and last time was an absolutely superb fort um, in the big weather race at um, at Doncaster uh, met trouble that they kept going and will improve for that experience has now raced in in two maidens with more than 20 runs has had four runs is properly experienced and if Joseph does send him over I think he'll go very close Okay, interesting shout that. That's for Joseph O'Brien, of course. No needs, never. So we've thrown, I think, three at the field so far. I quite like that well done Fox's form and that battle-hardened nature of an animal that comes into this race uh, will do me. That's Richard Hannon's charge, surround an 8-1 to one shot. Uh, as we say, draw will be important then. Of course, we need to see uh, final decks and jockey bookings for that race. We are going to talk about uh, another race on Saturdays, the 3 o'clock at Ascot. It's the John Guest Racing at Bengos Stakes. Uh, Limato, uh, rejuvenated Limato now that they're back at six furlongs and uh, the chop changing of the jockey what do you make of Lamato, uh, Don? It's an interesting story as a racehorse even let alone whether you think he'll win this race or not um, he has a colourful owner and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a checkered story let's say but he's going to go a favourite for this yeah look he's a talented horse Very. obviously like he's, he's top class on his day Um I'm not certain that he's back. Really. Yeah, I'm not either. Yeah. Yeah, like his his new market win on the on this penultimate run, the time of that race wasn't very good. It, yeah. The, it wasn't that strong a race. It was only a listed race anyway. And then last time he was he was long odds on. So, you know, to put him in his favourite for this, I'm surprised he's not going for the for the Prix de la Fare. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he is. I think he is coming here, isn't he? Instead yeah, I'm pretty sure he's coming here. Um, I think I still think he's probably at least as good over seven furlongs as over six but look and, and he's going to get his ground or he would have got his ground in France as well it's going to be good or, or fastish ground yeah. probably on Saturday and Sunday but the soft they said today didn't they did they yeah, well, they, yeah they, they, there is rain forecast rain. now yeah. on Saturday yeah, which is yeah. new today yeah, yeah. Um, greasy rain <laughs> Top of the, the wet rain, yeah, the wet, oh, the wet rain. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'd be happy to be against him here. Okay. Yeah. What are you with? What? Right. Him good. With? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think Gifted Master is interesting. Um, uh, he has won at Ascot. I think he's probably better suited to a Goodwood or a new market even though he did disappoint last time behind Lamatic. He was weak in the market just before that race for some reason and he and he ran accordingly. So um maybe there was just something up with him that day. The other horse is interesting, I think is Laugh a Minute. Okay. His run in the pavilion stakes early in the season, and I know he's only fourth in the end, but he got no run. He traveled like a, a likely winner and then he got stopped in his run and it's taken him a while, but he's he's been highly tried in in the interim. Um his last two runs have been good. So back at Ascot um, as if there's if there's a wee bit of cut in the ground that would probably suit him as well and he's a bit of a price so m- maybe laugh a minute okay maybe laugh a minute then for Don and Nick I might come to you here a horse that I think we talked about on the podcast already yeah. in, in a couple of weeks that was Dutch Connection must have a must have a chance if it, it turns up here this is probably the track where he can perhaps show his best again uh, yes Dean well if pressed in this race I think Dream of Dreams would be my, my pick he's a horse who I thought showed a lot of pace when he was surprisingly dropped to five at Sandown earlier in the season. I just felt that all he wanted was a, was a bit of dig in the ground. And I think the combination of six furlongs and soft ground might be ideal for him. He ran over seven at Goodwood last time. Uh, and again, it was probably his best run of the season, but he's a really strong traveler on bad ground. And I think if there is just a bit of ease, he's still a horse with a bit of improvement in him. You know, Lamarco's a tough nut to crack at this level and clearly retains a bit of his ability on what we've seen. But any kind of moisture is going to impinge a little bit on his chances for all the traffic at, at, 
uh, to Askin is, is fairly free trading. You, you mentioned such connection. He, I'm quite surprised they're coming back to six with him. I, I, I have him as a seven horse through and through, but it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting hang given that he's been a bit frustrating since that excellent run in the lockage at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I just thought there was a little bit more showing behind Mustachery for Dutch Connection, so I'm hoping there's still enough in there for him to figure in this contest, and we'll we'll find out on Saturday. You know w- what is left. Hopefully enough. Yeah, absolutely. Horses is stepping up in trip and thinking it'll bring about improvement, but we don't pay enough attention to horses cutting back in trip when it could when it could have the, uh, the similar effect. Yeah, and we'll find out. I'm going to stick with Dutch Connection. Demo, what do you like in uh, in the Bengal Stakes? I completely and utterly agree with Don. Um, I would definitely chance laugh a minute each way in this. I mean, I'm just not convinced that Lamada's back. I mean, there were two wins at listed level, but just his panache for me kind of wasn't there. He, he got the job done, but he, he was just he was superior to them, as he could be again, but at 7-2 to two, would be more than likely. Just even on a line through top score, who, um, who Lamato beat two runs back. A new market, yeah. Laugh a minute beat top score as easily uh, granted he was getting four pounds that day but still he he really strolled in and then last time that was a huge run when you look at it now in that group three at Deauville because the winner of that day uh, Tan team has gone on to win since um, easier again in another group three um, so definitely has ability and at seven to one or so he just he is an each way bet in a race that I'm not sure how strong it actually is okay Laugh a minute for Demo and Don. Um, we'll see how Dream of Dreams goes um, with a slightly new test in front of it for Sir Michael Stouts, of course, of course, for Nick Luck. I'm going to I'm going to give Dutch Connection uh, one more roll of the dice. We've got one more race to look forward to on Saturday in the UK. Uh, Lawrence is back out in the Sun Chariot Stakes at Newmarket. Demo, I might come to you uh, with Lawrence first. Uh, it's been a remarkable season for it. Of course, we had Alpha Centuri beaten the last day. Now that's we've subsequently Alpha Centuri has been retired and. Uh, and I think even the owner came out afterwards and said, you know, he didn't mean all the, all the bravado after winning that race. But fair play to him. And uh, this John Dunks, of course, I think. And um, Lawrence, a remarkable horse. Should be good enough to win this? Yeah. Um, I also found this race funny how much of a line through Alpha Centauri she's actually imprinted on this whole season. I mean, yeah. you've got Lawrence there, who's a beautiful filly, and she won that day. And I thought it was a bit just kind of people kept talking about Alpha Centauri so much whilst Lawrence did the job did it very well but of course you can't escape the fact that Alpha Centauri was injured on the day but even Windchimes there the second favourite um, won an absolutely huge race but second in the Vermeil or sorry in the Prix de Moulin um, behind Rocaletos I think yeah. that's that's how you say it yeah. who herself was a brilliant second to Alpha Centauri before that um, so the two of them are clearly the top two because again they've been, they've been mixing it with the very best but I mentioned her last week because she was one of the only who other horses that won the same week that Fairyland won but I think I Can Fly is a bit of a price in this um, that was a good win in the Boomerang and she did it much easier than the than the distance in front actually um, for goals but okay. like it is questionable form perhaps but again she was quietly fancy for the guinea she went off 9-1 to one that day they really thought an awful lot of her Aidan O'Brien's horses are running quite well of late as we know and uh, I think I Can Fly can step up and a 10-1 to one, Dean whilst the top two in the market are fairly formidable I just think I Can Fly could be a decent price touch of value perhaps with I Can Fly Don is Lawrence getting the credit that perhaps she deserves so far I mean if you take Billisden Brook out she's Guinea's winner too um, there's also a Matron and then a Pre-Diane and now here we are at Newmarket this race, nine to four. Yeah, I, I think she is, okay. Dane, really. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I think she is. Like, look, there's no doubting her ability or her her, her gutsiness. Like, she's a superb filly and she only just wins. Like, she's hardly ever won by more than a length. Yeah. Um, and she she goes from the front and her one disappointing run this season was in the the, the Yorkshire Oaks when they tried to settle her in behind over, over a mile and a half, which... You know, I would have liked to have seen her kick on over a mile and a half, and if okay. she was going to get it, and look, that's very easy in hindsight. But even like she just, she didn't, she wasn't happy in behind. She wasn't happy um, trying to trying to settle in behind horses. I think if she'd have she'd have been let go and jump and run, then you know maybe she wouldn't have got home over a mile and a half. But we don't we don't know because she does get ten and a half furlongs. We know that she's got she won a pre to Diane over ten and a half furlongs. So um, she does get that trip back over a mile and ridden aggressively at Newmarket, a front runner's track. Mm-hmm. I think you know she deserves to be up to the top of the market if not at the top of the market um, Wind Chimes as Dermot said she's very interesting I mean her run with Ricolatos is very good and um, he's since come out one and enhanced the form so uh, or yeah so so he's he's on track for the for Ascot for the QE2 
which and I think he's favourite for the QB two. So that puts that th- that level of form into context. And she's back against Phillies, and she was very good the time before that at Deauville. Um, she was really really impressive that day. So she she and, and French Phillies also at this new market meeting or French horses in general they have a very good record at this meeting. So and I, I guess it's the way they're trained. They're they're led off during the you know a part of the summer to give them a break. And yeah, back slower starts, campaign. break, and away they go again. Yeah, which yeah. which Lawrence hasn't had. She's been on the go all season, and she really hasn't had. Maybe maybe between the previous Diana and York, she had a bit of a break. Not that long. If she's coming back and going to be a concert pitch for Yorkshire Oaks, so. Um, Look, they're the two fillies. I think it's right that they're at the top of the market. I think Clemmy is is interesting. Uh, I can fly a stable companion if she if she takes her chance. Like she's a very high class filly. She won the Chivley Park at this meeting or at this meeting a week ago last year, uh, and um, her run against Lawrence was good. She's only beaten two lengths by her. I think, you know. <sighs> The, the fact that Alfa Centuri came home with an injury it definitely took away from A. Lauren's performance and B. the, the accolades that she was afforded so um, she, she, deserved, she deserved more recognition than she got for winning that because she won a matron stakes but I, I do think that Alfa Centuri's really regrettable injury um, was, was obviously a factor there and Clemmy was only two lengths behind Lauren's that day um, she's, had, she's been campaigned a wee bit more sparingly this year you can legitimately expect her to maybe improve from that run and she's back at a track at which she's won a group one race so I, I think she's interesting at about six or seven to one Okay, thanks Don uh, Nick, I'll give you the final word on this Sun Chariot Stakes uh, we've talked a lot about Lawrence and likely contenders against her is there something from the Aidan O'Brien battalion like Clemmy that you'd be interested in to take on Lawrence with? Well, in a word, yeah I think um, I think Clemmy's the bet. I agree with Doc. Uh, I, I thought that was a quite encouraging run behind Lawrence. Not that far behind her. It was a run off a break. And she had a trouble preparation, both going into the season and in the mid part of the season. So now they're rolling with her. She's stiff, mild, perfect. I can see her running a very bold race, and I think she's a value. The race essentially hinges around whether you think Windchime splitting a Bricolis on expert eye is... Uh, real or whether it's an aberration. If you believe it and you believe that as a complete reflection of her innate ability, then I think she'll win. But the market's found her. So in the in the possibility that it not be, I am going to stick with Don and stick with Clemmy. Okay, two shouts for Clemmy. That's the final race we're going to talk about on Saturday in the UK. We are going to take a break now. When we come back, uh, the lads and myself are going to discuss all things Longshot. So thank you for listening so far to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends uh, from BetBright. And we'll be back after this. Isn't it time you got your hands on the award-winning BetFinder app by BetBright? It's not like any sports app you've ever experienced. Unlike your mates, BetFinder actually does know it all. Runners, riders, results and form with key trends all at your fingertips. BetFinder puts the power in your hands to make informed choices and it's ready to go. Get stuck in with BetFinder from BetBright. BetFinder by BetBright, bringing power to your fingertips. Download the app now, available on all devices. Okay, welcome back to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at BetBright. It's Nick Luck, Don McLean, Dermot Nolan and myself, Dean Ryan. And now we're going to talk about all things Longshot. Uh, we're going to kick off with the big race of the weekend. It is, of course, the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. Um, I'm going to throw this to Nick first on terms of the arc. We've waited a long time for it to see who's actually going to turn up. It looks like, shoot me down if you want, Nick, a two-horse race. And if it is between Enable and Sea of Class, which one wins? I narrowly prefer Sea of Class. Narrowly. Okay. If Enable, if Enable is the same Enable as she was last season, and I'm not sure that the Kempton race is conclusive proof that she is, then clearly she'll win. If she's about a 5-4 to four shot and Sea of Class is a 3-1 to one shot, I'll always prefer a three-year-old filly in this race with the allowances. But provided the rain keeps missing Longchamp, Sea of Class will win the arc, I think. Don't rule out Val's guys. I think it's a two-and-a-half horse race. I think he is a player. But he has got to concede £10 to Sea of Class, and I think that's going to be too much for any horse. Don, the concession that Sea of Class gets, and it's that time of year where, well, it's that race, actually, where the three-year-olds do have such a big advantage. They should be peaking. They get that allowance from the likes of Geist, and we've enabled back maybe not quite as good as she was. We don't know. We'll find out. Um, is Sea of Class where you're leaning? Well, look, I, I think Enable is going to have to be better 
this okay. year than she was last okay. year because she has to give the weight away this year. She was the C of class last year. She was carrying eight, nine, getting weight for everything. Uh, I think she got, as Nick said, she got 10 pounds from Plot of Stars who finished second. Yeah. Um, and this, like she came into the race last year after winning the Irish Oaks and the Oaks and the Yorkshire Oaks and the King George and then just bolted on to the arc. This year, she's had that knee knee injury she didn't come back till um august she won that race at kempton as nick says you know she just she got it all to herself that day um crystal ocean just sat in behind her allowed her bowl along in front frankie dictated and she kicked on from the two furlong pole and looked impressive and look it was a good very good performance and teddy grinthorpe and john Gosden and frankie Dettori, they're all very happy with her since and it's great that she came back because when when she did suffer that setback there was a great chance we wouldn't see her again because she's such a valuable commodity there's a great chance there was a great chance then that she wouldn't race at all this year and be kept as a broodmare but look she's back and she's there and she's the right favourite I just think that there, there are enough question marks there's the weight and there's the preparation she's had it's not ideal that the stats of, a, of an arc winner coming into the race on the back of one or two runs that year are, are poor I'm not sure what the how, how big a sample size it is but they're not good um, and the ground is not going to be probably not going to be as easy as it was last year I think that is a factor it hasn't really been mentioned in dispatches generally but I, I do think that she seems to be so good on easy ground that uh, if it comes up quick ground that would be a worry good ground not so big a worry but still better ground than last year and it's at Longchamp this year not Sean T which you know it may or may not be a factor but it's not the same track as last year so I I think she's vulnerable at a short price Sea of Class is of course the most obvious alternative to her she's just the the way that William Haggis has campaigned her this year has been fantastic like it was a big decision to miss the Epsom Oaks probably helped by the fact that it rained just before the Oaks but he seemed to be oscillating one way or the other and then the rain came and he said no definitely not and it was the best obviously the best thing for her she was so good at the current James Doyle was brilliant on her he got her home from last to first without lifting a stick and she did swish her tail at Newbury the time before that, so I'm sure it was on his mind not to use a stick unless he had to. And that's a little bit of a concern, if you know, if 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 it's it's a different ball game going to the arc, and the rough and tumble of an arc, how she's going to cope with that. You'd hope that she'd cope okay with it because she's got buckets of talent, um, and she's progressive. And as Nick said, she gets all the weight allowances. So she 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 hasn't proven that she's as good her form is not as good obviously as enables but she gets the allowances and she comes into the race on a high off a very very good preparation and it looks like the ground is going to be in her favor yeah um of the others if cracksman ran if it if it did happen to rain if some of that rain that's forecast for saturday comes uh, and if they get maybe a wee bit more than his forecast he comes into it Valkais obviously comes into it on the back of his pre-fall run when he was so impressive that day i was trying to make a case for q gardens but it's just hard for said ledger winners, isn't it? Yeah. It just, just it's hard for them to yeah. to to drop down and trip. Their their record is really poor, and I've backed plenty of them. I've backed <laughs> plenty of ledger winners in in the arc, and it hasn't worked out. I think alleged is the last horse to run in the ledger to win an arc. I'm trying to get away from the top two. It's hard to get away from the top two, and of the top two. Uh, at the prices Sea of Class is the one yeah okay so it is a two horse race for Don and Sea of Class is the one it's a two and a half horse race for Nick and Sea of Class is the one demo uh, two horse race and Sea of Class is the one okay being, um, she's been supportive this year but as well as that Rona Groom from the Irish Field made a very good point on Twitter as well that they've actually taken away the cutaway this year right um, and that's that's always advantageous for horses coming in from behind because you know the natural break in the field you can you can make up space they're taking that away to obviously preserve uh, some of the better ground mm-hmm. and it's just going to be so tactical that if enable is at her best it could just be that tiny fraction that might cost things but anyway no i think uh, see a class wins is there a big price horse like you know what horse i want to talk about but it, yeah that's 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 for me and my bank manager to worry about fortunately you know how they, but, uh, how they define madness dean don't they yeah don't they? yeah 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 <laughs> I do. i'm aware of that um uh, you know is there a horse at a big price let's assume cracksman's not going to go is there a horse at a big price we can chance in the arc to run into the places and if something goes wrong with those top two could win an arc is it Q Gardens Don I know you've given the the, the, yeah, the no. ledger stacks it against it I, I know you're you're veering towards the study of man I would, well, just, just because you know, just I'm locked up. in I'm locked in I actually backed Kitesurf for the race anti-post so that's gone I, okay. I have a loser before we even start but yeah, I thought yeah, yeah. she could have could have 
being a player she probably needs easier ground um, maybe we'll get her at Ascot but nice. yeah look study man maybe you know it's hard to see he does have to put you know two disappointing runs he has to progress yeah, look, too, yeah. you can't argue he's been trained for this race um, he's the Preto Jockey Club winner and the, you know it's, it's obviously the logical step and if Pascal Barry has had this race in mind since then he's been training him just to peak on the day uh, and taking those races along the way then maybe he could outrun his odds but it, it's I just think it's hard to see him beating the it's the a big Phillies. ask uh, it's, it's definitely a big ask I think so Claude Astaire is going to place like he did last year but it's that's could do. It, really yeah. big price yeah big price okay go on Nick uh, yeah I, I, I was going to did that just say Claude Astaire will get placed again yeah did I uh, Nick yep yeah yeah I, I agree with you I, I think he'll, he'll run another race I, I he was given a he was given a get ready ride last time in the in the trial. I can see him running running pretty well. Um, but I mean, I, I I don't quite see how he's going to beat a stable companion valve guys. But I can see him running running really well. Uh, I, I don't know. Is Cracksman going to run? Isn't he going to run? If the ground is just good, I can't see a reason not to run him. Uh, does it have to have soft in the description? Really? Yeah, but I, I cannot cannot fathom what's happening with this horse now. I really can't. I'm completely confused. The, uh, the clerk of the course today anyway from the Prisian track said that uh, he's expecting good or good to soft there's between one and six millimetres rain so like there is only one arc I mean if they don't run Cracksman now and like it's just it's become a Glen Eagles-esque campaign isn't it of just running from, from races etc and it's hard with such a good horse as well it's just he probably just isn't well, as good as he once was is it? it, it I'll make, I'll, I'll, isn't it just a case that they're, they're assuming that the ground is going to have given it for the champion stakes which was a signature performance last year that's yeah. where he will go come hell or high water and they'll only go to the arc if they feel that it's going to significantly disadvantage all his rivals and therefore they might get away with it so yeah. it's got to, I suppose everything has got to be stacked completely in his favour for him to run in the arc whereas it's just probably got to be good for him to go to the champion stakes I guess I guess that's the way they're thinking Okay. If he were to turn up, it would certainly add another layer uh, to what is already a fascinating contest, and that's Cracksman, of course. Okay, we've talked about the arc. I think there's a few good few nods now for Sea Class uh, to represent um, a decent bet, perhaps at seven to two currently. Enable is the five to four favourite. That race, of course, on Sunday, on Saturday at Longshore. I guess the pick of the card, although it doesn't look an absolutely vintage pre de Cadron. Um, is that race? Dermot, what do you make of that contest? <laughs> yeah, absolutely no opinion. Really set you up there. <laughs> and the, and the, I'm here shaking my head at you, Dean, for a reason. Uh, Max Dynamo was second at, uh, behind uh, Thomas Hobson, but the fact that he's 6-1, to one, I think, says it all about the um, the race itself. And uh, I'll I'll sit back and watch it, Dean, but I have no uh, no opinion on that race whatsoever. Don, any interest at all in the pre well, I'd love to see Max Dynamo going and winning it. That yeah. would be great. Yeah, yeah. it'd be brilliant. It would be. Um, look, he's a, he's, a, he's a much better horse on the flat than he is over hurdles. We know that. Yeah. Um, his run the last day at Doncaster, as, as Jeremy said, it was a very good run to finish second to a stable companion, and the two of them pulled clear. That was a Group 2 race. But look, hold, hold that's a green. It's a weird, weird name, but... Um, I thought his, his run two runs ago in the pre-Kugerle was a very, very good run. He beat Marmelo. He kind of, maybe he got first run and he kind of wheeled around the home turn in the inside and kicked and Marmelo got after him. Uh, he had enough time though. Maybe the ground was a wee bit better than ideal for Marmelo, but he did have enough time to go and get, catch him and he couldn't. And I just That was a really impressive stay in performance. And then last time he only went down by a short head in a group three. Um, when he was, he was, he was a short price and, and expected to win, he, he did lead and just got caught by call to the bar. Um, but look, he's probably not. He's not up there with the top French stairs that we're used to seeing in the Prix de Cadran. But um, he does set a standard. But there's every chance that Max Dynamo can go and beat him. Yeah, and Max Dynamo at six to one chance. Hold Dassy Green is a seven to four chance for the Prix de Cadran. Nick, uh, the Cadran to you. And anything else you might like to pick out on the Saturday card before we talk about a couple of the other bigger races on the Sunday? Well, the cab ride's a shocker, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, terrible race. <laughs> it, it, really, it really shouldn't be a group one. It, 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 there's no Vizier about it here, that's for sure. I thought Holbuster Green, with that Marmelo form, was probably the one to beat. Okay. Marmelo, I think he's fourth and group one there at, at his best. So I, I'd be rowing in with Don here, and I have no further comments to add on that. Okay. He'll be group one. <laughs> um, there are a few other races on the card on Saturday they're pretty tricky to, to, to pick the bones out of them I guess the likes of a debut is going in the pre-Daniel Wilderstein um, any other races there anyone wants to pick something out of you are welcome 
Well, you you mentioned it, Dave. I, I, he's a pretty good horse, and he hasn't been able to run on ground with cut in it since he bolted up in the spring and then found Group 1 company too much in the lockage. They were strongly char- thinking of chanting their arm in the Irish Championship, but didn't. So I'd be a bit disappointed if he didn't post a bowl show in that, in that Daniel Wildenstein. And the other one I think that he could run well in that is Astilio. He's still got more improvement in him and gets the allowances as well. Yeah, Stilio is interesting there. One that could obviously go blazing a trail from the front end. That's a ten to one chance. A, a DBB is there at seven to two uh, for the Wilderstein. So that's... If, if if it rains a wee bit, like he does, he does want a little bit of cut in the ground. Yeah, you would have thought. I think they're talking about the Irish Champion Stakes because there wasn't much or any cut in the rain, ground, yeah. and his Lincoln performance was top top class performance, but it was on easy ground. So if that if they get some of that rain or a wee bit more of the rain than they're saying. Then yeah, he's, he's he's I think he's a talented horse on easy ground. Yeah, Dermo's French meteorologist will tell us there is some coming. <laughs> so uh, fingers crossed they get what they need to take their chance in that contest. On to um, a couple of the other big big races on Sunday. We'll talk about the Abbey. Uh, Batash is top of the market there from City Light. Mab's Cross is in there. Even Soldiers Call as a is quoted in the market. Um, the Abbey always very very difficult to solve. So I'll give it to Don McLean. <laughs> um. <laughs> Not a very wise thing to do. <laughs> um, yeah, look, sure, Patash. If he if he shows up in the if he does what we know he can do, then he's obviously the most likely winner by miles. Yeah, he won the race last year at Shantee, uh, which was one of the standout performances of the season by any horse. Um, but that's why he's six to four and not oh, odds yeah. on, isn't it? No, because we don't know whether. He, well, he's in my book, he's a horse to take on because we yeah. don't know and because he's short. You know, you, if he's if he's a big prize, you can take a chance that he will. Uh, you know, if you can argue if he runs to his best, he'll win, and it's a big price. You can take that chance, but at a short price, it's it's a it's a big fear, and especially his last run was, it was disappointing with no real obvious excuse except the fact that maybe he's just not at his best at York. Um, I think yep. I think Mab's Cross is very interesting. She like she's she you know she was unlucky obviously not to win that the Nunthorpe just the bob of the head went Alpha Delphini's way and not her way it was a very big run it looked like she was coming from the back and coming to win it in fact when they flashed past it looked like she had won it yeah um, but five furnaces is her trip I think isn't Gerald Mosse going to ride her now I yeah. believe so like he is he is a superb rider and we've just we're just seeing it now in Britain we're Some seeing of, a lot of him aren't we and it's allowing great. us to appreciate exactly, no, he's, exactly he's, what he's, he's like top, like the ride that he gave Mr Lupton there over five furlongs a couple of weeks ago um, for Richard Fahey and he, he won a he won a mile and a half handicap on the same day or a mile and a quarter handicap on the same day he's just he's just he settles a horse beautifully yeah, yeah he just, just seem, yeah. they seem to run for him yeah. maybe it's the white gloves that does it <laughs> uh, but like I think I think she she's a very interesting filly in this I don't I'm not sure if we have prices even for the Abbey but I think I think she's she, she's going to be a big-ish price I would imagine especially um, on Pari Mutual going well maybe, maybe that's not a factor on Arc Day anymore because there's so many British and Irish people go there um, Tantim and, and City Light it looks like they're going to take their chance as well first yeah. and second the pretty, pretty cover um, Tantim City Light came from the rear and, and just failed to get there it looked like he, he, his, his, ta- his run was mistimed Tantim uh, she missed the break and and was back in the firing line quite quickly. And she ran on well to win well. There may not be much between those two again, but I I think Mab's Cross is yeah I think she's interesting in the Abbey. Mab's Cross interesting then for Don Nick. What do you think on the Abbey? Well, I agree that there's an element of the unpredictable about Batash because he's run two core races in the Nunthorpe. But other than that, his record since the spring last year is pretty well unimpeachable, and. I think it's reasonable to conclude that there is either something about York or there's something about him backing up very quickly off a run at Goodwood that doesn't suit. I'd suggest it's the former. And therefore, I think 6-4 to four is actually quite a good price because I think it's much less likely that he bombs out than, than produces his running. And on his true form, he's a 1-5 he's a shot to beat this lot. I mean, there are some admirable horses in this race. City of Light and Havana Gray are genuine Group 1 class horses, but in truth, Batash is in a different parish to all of them, and I'd be happy to take the 6-4, to four, to be honest. Okay, Nick's happy at 6-4 to four with Batash. Um, arguably, we have one very, very good sprinter in here and a group of good ones. Is that fair, Dama? Yeah, uh, 
I agree with Nick as well. I think you you do have to come to the conclusion with Patash because previously he's done it before and after York. He just doesn't like the place and it's happened to an awful lot of very good horses. But I, still, despite that, I would be keen to kind of take him on a 6-4. to four. And if Blue Point was to go, and I know last time he finished third in that same race, uh, it just didn't quite fall for him. I think a frantic pace in a race like this will suit him and I think he could just come over the top of them Dean and grab them and a 10 to 1 I just think the price disparity is a bit big for a horse that has seen off Patash this season okay okay that's the pre-labbe uh, that one also on Sunday of course on Arc Day uh, the other race I wanted to cover on the Sunday is the Prix de l'Opera uh, interesting contest and there's plenty of European interest as well Derm I'll come to you first on the Prix de l'Opera do you have a fancy for the race we've Wild Illusion with you Magic Wand Nonza Coronet is in there happily is even declared but that might have other engagements we'll see what lines up here what do you fancy I'm very keen on Magic Wand um, she's been excellent this season really really excellent and well she, she's been no match for C class that's absolutely no frowning on any horse and um, that second to kite surf in the Vermeil was an absolutely huge run especially in the Ryan horses I know that was the middle of September they were coming back but it's only really been the last two weeks or so that they've really popped back into life again and she ran huge she was obviously in good heart but I think she's come on she might have come on again since and she's just been very very good um, and she could just continue to improve that a little bit more Dean and she holds wild illusion for me on that win in the Ribblesdales as well earlier on in the season she beat her by four and a half lengths that day and I think Magic Wand is the one to seriously beat her Dean quite a strong fancy there the Prix de l'Opera Don yeah I, I think a lot depends on the ground Dean um, on easy ground I'd be a wild illusion fa- fan on better ground I'd be a Magic Wand fan um, totally agree with what Jim had said like she's, she's a top class filly all her best runs are on are on good ground or fast ground. I think a run against I think Kite Surf is under an underrated filly. I think a run to, to go as close as she did the last day was was very good. Uh, and she looked a winner when she quickened. She quickened impressively and then Kite Surf just ran her down. With you is an interesting filly. She ran a big race in the, the uh pre Jacques Lamarwa last time and she came into that race on a on a roll. Um but no, I, I think I think Wild Illusion probably wants a little bit of cut in the ground, as as we've seen on a couple of occasions now. Um but Magic Wand, if the ground is like on the on the fast side of good, I think yeah, she's a big player. Okay, thanks Don. Uh, Nick, your eyes on the weather here to make in a final selection as well in the Prix de l'Opera, or have you have you got a fancy nail for it? I, I haven't really got an awful lot to add. I thought Derma's case for Magic Wand was, was very good and, and I appreciate Don's point about about the ground might compromise her chances that little bit but unless it got really soft I, I think she'll win uh, it, one of those one of those valley horses who slightly got lost in the middle of the season but last time out effort suggested she was on her way back and I thought she was sparkling at Ascot she produced a brilliant time she produced brilliant finishing split and I, I can see this being perhaps just the beginning of a really productive awesome for her Okay, another one strong then on Magic One. That's eleven to two chance. Might be a decent bet then for the weekend. We're nearly getting to that time where we do look at naps. Is there anything else from uh, Sunday or Saturday we might have missed at Longshore that anyone wants to throw in? I didn't mention the Prix de la Forêt. Polly Dreams a favourite there. Of course, Lamato looks like it's taking that other engagement on Saturday. Won't go there. It's a decent enough race. Does anyone have anything for it or want to throw anything else into the mix from Sunday? Yeah, I think. Um, so, go ahead, Nick. Oh, away you go, Nick. No, I. I was just going to say, vis-a-vis Saturday, really, I probably ought to mention Harry Dunlop. He, I think he might have four runners over Art Weekend, which for a stable of 30-odd, as he, he himself has pointed out on social media, is not a bad going. And night to behold, I do think, is a, is a, is a proper horse. We saw he beat Hugh Gardens in the Lingfield Derby trial. Things didn't go right for him since. I'm not sure he was quite as flattered as everyone thought he was to win a Group 2 last time. He went pretty hard and he stayed there. Uh, and I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him win again on Saturday afternoon. Okay, big chance then for Knight to behold. Of course, won that race that I wanted to study a man to come back and win, so put me in my box, as, as often these horses do. So, uh, yeah, best of luck then um, to Harry Dunlop. Let's talk then about um, a nap, please, for the weekend. Just before I ask you, actually, jumps are back. I know, Dermo, you put that in my notes, and I had to mention, Balco de Flow will run, uh, hopefully, this weekend in a Red, Red Mills chase. chase yeah. it, we all decided last week it's too early to talk about the jumps, so we'll let that happen, and uh, and we'll talk about it maybe next week. Uh, can I have a nap for the weekend? I will go to demo first uh, Magic Wand Steve. Magic Wand in the Prix de l'Opera on Sunday at Longshot uh, Don you're up next 
Um, I think Clemmy, if she runs, or in the in the Sun Chariot. Yeah, I think at the prices, she's she's a she's got a shot of beating Wind Chimes and Lawrence. Okay, Clemmy then for Don. Nick, over to you for your nap of the weekend. You've plenty to choose from. Yeah, there's lots to choose from. Um, so the bad news for Don and Derma <laughs> is that I agree with both of their selections and probably would have gone for one or other of them. But you can double up. Uh, the gives me the opportunity to. Uh, provide you with some more nonsense and it comes in the shape of Dream of Dreams for me in the sixth furlong saying Doc takes the after on Saturday afternoon Okay, I was going to go for that race as well, but not that horse. So we're in big trouble. We are in big trouble. Um, I'm going to put up Dutch Connection at a, a very lively 10 to 1 price for that very same race. So we'll go head to head, Nick. Don't not worry about it. Sorry, Dean, we never covered we can study cover man. Do you fancy study man? I'm locked in, and I hope he does something none, not of, us nap think, this week, none of us will think, well, I'll nap him <laughs> if you want. I'm not afraid to nap losers, as you well know. Um, so uh, study a man, hopefully, will run a big race in the arc and outrun those 33 to 1 odds. Who knows? Um, you, you've seen stranger things. He is a French Derby winner. I will hold my hat until then, and then you can all destroy me next week. It's been a pleasure having you on uh, the Race Hour podcast, brought to you with our friends at Bet Bright, Dermot Nolan, Don McLean, and Nick Luck. Thank you very much. We'll do it all again next week.